the Don't Stop Me Now podcast. I am your HIV positive host, Jennifer Vaughn. How are you doing? How is everybody doing right now in this exact moment? Because by the time you hear this, it will not actually be that exact moment. But you know, when you hear this, it will be that exact moment, if that makes any sense. Right now, it is 1115 at night. Well, it's actually to be exact, 11, 17 at night. And this is way past my bedtime, but I don't know, like right now felt like the right time to do this podcast, which is not my norm. But the topic tonight has to do with something that I didn't think I would actually do a podcast on. And I think I just needed to be in the right frame of mind to tell the story. And since it sort of all happened in the evening, this story, I sort of needed to be in the evening when I told it, if that makes sense. I think I would have left some stuff out if it was in the morning. So I've decided to share, obviously by the title of this podcast, my first shroom experience. Okay, so just to kind of go back a little bit, um, I am not somebody who does drugs. I just don't. Um, I've tried pot maybe 20 times in my whole life. I just don't like it. I don't like the way it makes me feel. It just, I don't like when, and I think I've said it before on here, I don't like when I don't know what I just said and I don't like when someone talks and I have no idea what they just said. Like I can't, I don't know why people like that. I just don't understand that feeling. I like um, with drinking how you feel in the first half an hour, I would say, like that when it's all like kind of hitting your bloodstream and it starts to feel real good. I don't like being drunk. I've never been blackout drunk. I don't drink for the most part unless it's like there's an occasion to do it, but I'm, I've never had a problem with alcohol. Um, I have done, um, yes, I have done cocaine. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it real quiet. I have done that. Um, probably 10 times. And that has been since, um, I would say um, since, uh, 2009, I think it was just, you know, a time in my life. It was who I was hanging out with. It was available. Um, it wasn't anything I was going out and purchasing. It was just there and everyone else was doing it. And, you know, of course in your mind, you're like, well, it's natural. I'll try it. I mean, I don't know anyone who's ever died from cocaine. So yeah, so I tried it. And of course, it's an amazing feeling. I mean, you don't feel drunk. You know, there's not that feeling where you can't see straight and you couldn't walk a straight line. You feel amazing. You feel like a, I don't know, like you can conquer the world and you're super happy. It's like having, you know, a thousand endorphins. So that's basically what that felt like. Um, But again, you know, that phase was gone. Those people I wasn't hanging out with anymore and it just went away and I didn't really care. So, um, that leads me into my new year's Eve <laughs> celebration. Okay. So going back a little bit, um, gosh, cause I know I've been real quiet on here. I haven't talked on here about anything I've done in the last month, anything I've done. So slanderous. Um, <laughs> okay. So I am obviously on Tinder. I've talked about that. It's, I talk about it on my, uh, TikToks all the time, by the way, Tinder, TikTok, Twitter, I get those confused quite a bit. Um, but yeah, on my TikToks, I have been talking about the fact that I, um, am on Tinder cause I've made a few TikToks about it. And, um, Tinder, I have got to say is going for a girl with HIV, it's going just fine. For a girl who's 51, it's going 
really great. I mean, come on. I have 37 matches at the moment, and my age range is, I think, 33 to 53. Um, and, you know, I'm really picky. If I swiped right, that means you're damn attractive. And for some reason, they think I am too. So I feel, you know, definitely, if anything else, just getting to that point with the match is nice for the ego, right? I mean, we haven't even had conversations with several of these people. But, I mean, hey, just based on looks alone, they felt interested enough to go right. No, I don't have it in my Tinder profile that I have HIV. I don't even have in my Tinder profile that I have kids. I'm just this chick named Allie. And there's some videos of me skateboarding and surfing. And, of course, the uh, I don't think I have a bikini picture, but I have one in a pair of pretty short shorts and a tank top where you can see pretty much what my figure looks like. And so, yeah, that's been fun. Just being on Tinder, um, sometimes just that is enough. Just getting the attention from that is just enough. I don't need any more, right? But sometimes the conversations do go forward. And, um, you know, there is interest on both parts. So I did meet with one uh, gentleman who I actually wasn't going to meet with. He seemed so interested in me and um, a little too much so. And I was like, oh God, I don't know. I wasn't sure if I was totally into his look. Wasn't a hundred percent sure. You know, I really wasn't. Um, he was, uh, was he older than me? No, he was a little bit younger than me, like four years, but um, just wasn't sure if he was totally my type. And then he just seemed like he was hard to uh, like pinpoint a time to meet and it was sort of frustrating for me. So I just kind of said, you know, I don't think like my schedule is not easy with three kids. And I felt like he sort of wasn't making it easy for me to meet him. And I was like, you know, I, I don't think you realize we live like really different lives. And I'm basically, it was just kind of irritated because I felt like I sort of got flaked on when there was all this talk leading up to us meeting. And by the way, I did tell him that I had HIV and his response was, in fact, I had included it in my story, my Instagram story, um, was that, oh, that's not a problem. Like it was like immediate, like uh, he knows somebody who has it and they've lived a long time with it. They have a child. It's like, you know, it wasn't, didn't even phase him at all. And I was like, well, that was easy. Um, and honestly, because I wasn't totally sure about him, um, sometimes I throw the HIV information out there to make it easier to end the talking. I'm not good at just straight up ghosting people. I mean, I kind of do sometimes, but this one, we had already had so much communication. And since I wasn't totally sure about him, I thought I'm just going to throw it out there. And you know, sometimes it works that way where they're fine with it. And then I'm more interested in them all of a sudden, cause I'm like, well, shit, that went over really well. And, and then, or, you know, or they run away, um, which still hasn't really happened, honestly, except for two guys that I've mentioned in earlier podcasts, like from back during the summer. But anyway, um, he, um, yeah, so he was totally like no big deal about the HIV. Didn't, didn't change his mind about me at all. I shared, um, I think one of my TikToks with him, the one that's, you know, done really well, the one that, um, you know, the one that says, uh, I don't know who needs to know this, but I'm HIV positive or I have HIV. God, the number of times that my kids have heard the opening to that TikTok, they are so sick of hearing it because every time I answer a comment, I click on the comment and it opens the video up. And then the, you hear that beginning, huh? Oh, that was my daughter just came into my bathroom and I just 
yelled at her to leave. I swear, sometimes it is so hard to get any of my social media stuff done because I have kids that will just walk in in my room, in the living room, wherever I'm trying to record, and it just throws me off. And so I was like, get out of my bathroom. Anyways, that video, you know, there's like, I don't even know. There's like, I think there's over 8,000 comments on it. And I really try to like as many as of them as I can or comment, you know, if there's a question, I try really hard. There's so many though. Um, but every time I open it up, it's like, um, yeah, <laughs> it just says, um, I don't know who needs to hear this, but I'm HIV. Wait, hold on. I'm going to play it. This is what my kids hear over and over and over again. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I have HIV and this is how much it affects me. <laughs> One pill a day. They hear that so much every time. They're like, ah! <laughs> so anyways, um, I, sent, I think I sent him that video. So again, he was totally fine with it. Um, and so here's what happens. So, um, and this has nothing to do with New Year's Eve or the story that I'm going to tell about the mushrooms. This is just kind of leading up to it. So um, we just, you know, he says, hey, you know what? I will meet you tomorrow. Anytime you want to meet, wherever you want to meet, I promise I'll be there because, like I said, the day before had sort of been, like, I felt sort of flaked on. Like, we didn't have definite plans, but they were sort of, I, I can't even remember to the, at this point. We did sort of have plans. Yeah, it's, yeah, there was something where, and I, it was Christmas Day, actually. And I was, that's right, we'd been speaking up all through the morning while we were unwrapping gifts and stuff. I'm writing to this person saying, you know, yeah, like, let's meet up later. I have time. And yada, yada, yada. And you know, I'm on Christmas break. So I'm trying to take advantage of the time that I have, honestly, because this is so unusual for me to have three weeks off in a row. I'm this is not my norm. And so but he had fallen asleep and he took a nap, like in the middle of the day and had some, I don't know, something going on with his back or whatever. And so I for me, it just felt like, wow, like I had been scheduling, literally waiting for like all of the Christmas fanfare to be over so that I could get myself you know, ready to get out the door and take my ex-husband back home and then go meet him. It, well, I have to say it was pouring rain that day, so it probably wasn't the best day to meet, but I would have met in the car and driven and stared at the ocean and chatted with him. I mean, I would have been fine with, the, with that, but I think his idea was go for a walk. So the next day we did, and we met up um, in Santa Cruz, like by, it's called, um, I was going to say Pleasure Point. Nope, it's uh, Steamer Lane. And it's where the lighthouse is on Westcliff Drive. And it's funny because I saw this one man and I was like, oh, God, please, please. I hope that's not him because it was just like the guy just, I don't know. He's sort of like had the gray hair, but it looked longer. And I, this guy had a belly and I was like, oh, no, oh, no. So it wasn't him. Thank God. And so but I see him, um, you know, all the way at the end of this, like where you can see like the best point where you can see all the surfers and he's um he's kind of leaning back against the railing with his elbows on the railing real cool he's got his sunglasses on I think he had a baseball hat on he did and um and he was watching the sky just across from him right there there was this odd odd man with a you know pretty bright running track suit on from like the 80s you know um with pigeons all over him it was this heavyset man I think he does this on a probably a regular basis and the pigeons seem to know him and anyways it was a great icebreaker because it was like wow what is going on here like there's and he goes this is amazing isn't it and I'm like that's pretty amazing like <laughs> and um 
I was immediately like, wow, cute, like so cute. My type dressed like in some like oh, Santa Cruz type clothing, like skater. He had like, I guess like the uh, OG vans on like the high top vans. I didn't expect it at all because um, he's not from this country. And I just um, was just impressed by the way he dressed. It was cute. It was youthful. You know, he's got total salt and pepper hair, but he was dressed um youthful and it just was like you know super attractive to me so we went for a walk and like I said we'd already had like several days of back and forth voice messaging and um I felt like I knew a lot about him he knew a lot about me but you know here's the thing like he doesn't have any kids um and we both had kind of similar short-term marriages from people um you know, where the one of the partners was from a different country, and that was his case as well, but his marriage didn't work out either for reasons I'm not going to get into. But um, anyways, so we were kind of like on the same wavelength with that. And he does have a daughter, but she's in another country. So he kind of is like a single guy with like, you know, he doesn't have like a lot of the things going on that like I do, right? Because I've got three kids living in my house. Um, but we had a great walk, and I really... I just got a vibe from him right away. I was like, wow, he's really cute. And the more I looked at him, the more I was like, yeah, I could, I could, I like, I want to kiss this guy. Like I am, because I felt like I knew him. Like I said, we talked for like four days leading up to this. We'd even had our first fight because I did kind of ignore him after he sort of didn't uh, answer his phone uh, when he fell asleep. And, and then he even wrote to me that night and said, are you mad at me, please? You know, like he was so sweet and trying to like get me to meet him. And so then i of course, I gave in and I said, yeah. And so then, okay, I meet him having a great walk. It's just effortless, super easy to hang out with him. He's funny. He's nice. He's cute. We're, we have so many similarities as far as like things that we're into. We both snowboard. He's at the same level as me. Um, he used to skate back in the day, but he can do like, you know, all the tricks. And, um, you know, he, he kind of laughed when I said, you know, can you Ollie, you know, can you, um, can you, uh, what was the one I asked him? I think it was just Ollie off the stairs or something. He said, oh no, was it kickflip? Drop in Ollie. He could do all of that. He was just like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm like, well, no. I'm like, that's so hot. <laughs> and he just laughed. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I get like, woo. Okay. So we get in my car cause it's getting cold and we're still like overlooking the, um, God, I still haven't gotten to the story, <laughs> the New Year's Eve story. I will get there. Um, so we're looking at the surfers. The sun's going down. We're still having a great talk. And I'm just looking at him going, you know, we're in the front seat of my car. Like he's in the passenger seat. I'm in the driver's seat. And I'm like, um, I certainly hope he plants one on me before we say goodbye. And um, I needed to get going because I had to pick up my daughter. That was the thing is that there was an end to the date because I had to pick up my daughter from work. And she was about five minutes away from the location I was at. You know, I knew that I was about to turn into a pumpkin, basically. So um, the clock is ticking. I'm realizing it's almost time to go. And I said, I'm going to have to go. Um, can I just get one kiss? Like one little kiss? <laughs> and he goes, really? And I'm like, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, he he gives me a kiss. And it's like, it's sort of that awkward, like, where is it going? Is it just going to be a like, a you know, where are we going with this? A little bit of the tongue touching. You know, I don't really know. Is it going to go deeper? And then I don't know what happened. I don't know if I pulled on his jacket and just pulled. Sometimes, you know, you don't even know what you're doing in that moment. You sort of lose your mind. I think I pulled his jacket and I pulled him in closer. And 
he sort of was doing the same and it, and then it was like a super passionate kiss I was like whoa and like there was no giggling there was no like nothing it was just like this is really like you know when you get that's the thing is like you you meet someone you know them um, by this person through pictures, then you meet them in person, there's this attraction, and you don't know what that side of them is like. What's the sexual side like, right? And when there's chemistry, it's um, it just blows your mind. It's a drug. It's amazing when that chemistry is there, and it's like there was definite chemistry. And um, we were, yeah, we kissed for, I don't even know, it was probably 10 or 12 minutes and it just was really good like he was an amazing kisser and I was like oh my god I did not know that that was gonna happen I really didn't I thought I would get maybe I didn't really think it would be much of a kiss maybe a little bit I didn't really know but of course that always leaves you wanting more and um I think I kind of whispered you know hey um do you want me to come back later I can't believe I'm telling this. Um, and he, he just, as we're kissing, he's nodding his head. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go pick up my daughter. I'm going to go bring her home. And he's got his own little place. Um, and so I um, take my daughter back home. I said, I'll be back in a few hours. Well, yeah, I want to make out. Like, yeah, I mean, this sounds super fun. So I get to his place. It's so cute. He just moved in there. I think he'd been in there like a month of course, super expensive for Santa Cruz. It's just a little studio in the back of this woman's, um, like backyard, you know, nice Santa Cruz studio, a little bathroom, little kitchen, um, very much like set up like my type of guys that I like. There's, you know, surfboards in the corner, you know, he's, I think he had a bike and his snowboarding gear was set up and, um, you know, just, I don't know. It's my type, you know, there's definitely a type. Um, and his place was really clean and, um, there was nowhere else to sit, but his bed. So, um, yeah, we sat and watched TV for a while. I was kind of like, is that what we're going to do? <laughs> watch, we're going to watch some TV. Cause, um, yeah, <laughs> I kind of came over here for more than TV. Didn't know where it was going to go, but definitely wanted more than TV. So, um, yeah, finally we couldn't keep our hands off each other. And, um, yeah, I'll just say that it was, um, a lot of fun and protection was worn and we both enjoyed ourselves. You know, we're grown adults. So it was consensual. So, and by the way, like I thought about this, yeah, leading up to this podcast is how much do I share about dates that I've been on and the sex that I've had? Well, I will tell you, I'm just going to be straight up honest. So since my separation from my ex, we haven't been together since, um, March physically together. I, we actually broke up in May, but, um, so I have been, well, if you want to include him, he would be one. I think I've been with, okay, that I had this all figured out. Um, I think it was wait, one, two, I think it's five people. And I think I've had sex seven times, um, since mid-March. So I've had sex seven times. Like, okay. So some people were different, but like literally, so what? big deal. So, you know, people get up in arms about, um, people having like one night stands or people having sex in general with people that they just met or whatever. But, you know, my time is precious. It is not that easy, um, for me to be able to be with people. I don't want anyone in my house. You know, I'm not going to have anybody come over here and spend the night with my kids here. So it happens the way it happens. Anyways, it's consensual. So be it. Okay. So 
he says, you know, if you want to spend the night, you can. I, I don't mind at all. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't do that. I'm going to go home and all of that. So I go home and I'm like, wow, that was amazing. That's great. And then the next morning I had to drive my daughter to work um, real, real early. And I told him, you know what? It's crazy. I'm going to be like right in your neighborhood, like eight o'clock in the morning. Do you want to hang out? He had the day off because it was raining and I'm off right now at the moment. So it was awesome. We spent like from eight to, I think she was working till one forty-five. I got my coffee. We went for a really nice walk along the Harbor. We saw some really cute cows. That was where, if you saw my Instagram story, there was a cow that was like eating my hand. Um, and it was really cute. That was on my personal account. Anyway, um, well, yeah, we had a really good time. We went back to his place and, um, you know, sat at his little table and talked for a while. And, um, then we, of course, you know, took advantage of the, uh, free time. And then I had to get my daughter and, you know, take her home. So that was the end of that. And then I don't really know what happened if it was the next day or a day later, but things got weird like all of a sudden. And one of the things he told me is that he has, one of the things he shared with me is that he has a hard time staying with women that he, for some reason, he doesn't know why it's always been like this, that he loses his interests and he can't explain why. And he said, you know, he told me that he'd been with a lot of women in his life and he just doesn't know why he has this problem. So, but that was like on night one, it was just part of a conversation that we'd had. And so anyways, I apparently was one of those women because it didn't take him very long to decide that he wasn't really interested in me <laughs> because the phone got really quiet. Um, it was interesting because he wrote to me after that second day in the evening and said, I like you so much. And, um, and I said, I really like you too. And I really think we can, we're going to have so much fun doing things together. Like we were little, literally planning a snowboarding trip and then it didn't happen. So, um, obviously. And so, but like I said, that was like the last thing he wrote was like, I like you so much. And he gave me the emoji, the, like, I think it was the heart emoji and the hmm emoji. And I was like, you know, all good signs. And I don't know why I was all in for some reason. I really liked him. And, um, anyways, it went South really quick. He just got real quiet. And I was trying to like, I wrote to him and it was like, the responses were really weird. He said, we can hang out tomorrow if it's not, if it's raining and, you know, let me know. And then I, you know, that morning I dropped off my daughter at work and I tried to get a hold of him and he wasn't accepting my phone call. It was just weird. There was an obvious like avoidance. And I was like, you know, you get that sinking feeling like, oh, uh oh, what's going on? Something's wrong. So, um, finally got an answer from him, like a true answer, you know, everything up till that point for like a day was just kind of like excuses. And then he finally just said his, his reason finally, when I called him out on it was you were right. We live very different lives. And that was the end of it. There was no discussion after that. I gave one last, wow. Um, you knew what my life was. I explained that to you. You said these things to me, da, da, da. And what, what did I get back in response? crickets, which is always fun when this was somebody that had talked so much to you. And then now they're just completely silent. So whatever, um, it, it, whatever, it hurts the ego, obviously for like a day or so. And then you just kind of have to move on from it. Cause there wasn't much 
of a history there anyways, but, um, so whatever that, that, that happens. And then, um, I end up talking to, of course, what heals that ego, that bruised ego more than anything else is talking to somebody else on a dating app, of course. So I start talking to this guy who's 39. So a bit younger than me by, um, what, 17 years? Would that be seven? No, 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 no. 12 years. My God. Holy crap. 12 years. Yeah. Cause I'm 51. He's 39. Um, and you know, uh, totally different from this other man. Like, I think I have a type and then I'm not sure that I totally do as far as looks. I don't, I don't even know. This guy's more blonde. He's got hair just past his shoulders. It's wavy. It looks like it's always looks like he just got out of the ocean. He is a surfer. Um, he has an amazing smile, beautiful teeth, absolutely unreal, insanely beautiful teeth. Um, and like, why is he talking to me? You know? So, we go back and forth. I'm going to try to speed through this part, the, um, how it all led to me meeting him in person, but we go back and forth writing and stuff. And, um, what was it? There was something that made me, oh, okay. So (laughs) how did it get to this place? Um, he wanted pictures of me and, um, you know, I was flirting with him and I was like, okay, I'll, I'm game. I'll send him like, I have a picture that I, I've taken in my mirror and like a, I think it's just a, like a, I don't know. It's, it's a bathing suit bottom. Maybe it was a bathing suit top. I don't know. But anyways, it shows enough. And, um, and then he's, you know, he's like, I really love to see more like before I meet you in person. And so, um, I showed him a little bit more. (laughs) I did. And he was so like, oh my God, like super like, oh my God, this is, you're beautiful. I can't like, I can't even take it. You're so beautiful. And I, and then I was like, okay, look. And I'm like, okay, I got this guy. Like he definitely likes me. He physically is attracted to me, but I've got to drop the HIV bomb on him. And I, I want to do this before I meet him. I want him to know before we ever meet. Actually at that point we had not had any plans to meet. It was just, there's this attraction, this mutual attraction. So I tell him, look, there's something you need to know about me. And I don't even know how I said it anymore. I, I just think I keep it really simple, but it was through text. And I sent him my video, that video, which is so funny now looking back on who he is. I don't think he does any social media. And I like, don't think he even knows what TikTok is, but, um, or like what it means to have a following on TikTok or anything. It's kind of funny. So it's like, there's no clout in that at all. I mean, I shared it with him, but, um, and he thought it was really well done. He said, and he appreciated my honesty is what he said. Um, and his response was, is that, you know, I would, I always use a condom anyways. Um, you know, if it were to get to that point, you know, but I'd still really like to meet you wink, you know, it was like flirtatious still. So I was like, okay, he's game with meeting me. Obviously he's a cool guy. I think he's a forward thinking man and he's, you know, willing to meet me. And obviously why would I be talking with my face, you know, all over the internet if I'm not telling the truth about it? So, um, and I, of course I always say, just go ahead and Google it on the internet. You know, everything you need to know is there. And he did, he said, you know, I checked it out. You know, I feel pretty comfortable just, you know, from what I've read and, um, yeah, definitely like, I don't know. I can't remember even how it, like, I'd have to look at the messages, but I'm not going to go get them out. So that was probably the day before New Year's. 
And then New Year's Day happens, and we'd had a few more messages leading up to this, and then New Year's is there, and I wrote to him, or maybe that was all freaking New Year's Eve morning. It may have been, honestly, it may have been. And then by the afternoon, like there was some silence for a while and I thought, hmm, okay. So I write to him and say, hey, you know, what are you doing tonight? Got any plans for New Year's Eve? And he had told me a couple days prior that his New Year's Eve plans were just to not do anything. He's not that type of guy that would do anything for New Year's Eve. He's just lays, he think he said he's just lays low, you know, super chill. I'm like, okay. Um, and so, and by the way, he had been contacting me like in the evening, telling me kind of what he'd been doing during the day. It was kind of that way. Like he was sort of checking in with me and it was cute. It was sweet. And, um, anyway, so on New Year's day, New Year's Eve day, I wrote to him in the late afternoon and I had no plans that night and I'm as free as a bird to do whatever I want. Oh, and he had also written, that was the thing is that somebody had, that he really loved, I guess he'd been with her for like five months. She dumped him five months ago. So this was like, he was with her for five months, but five months ago he dumped her. She dumped him. Sorry. And, um, he was still kind of heartbroken about the whole thing. And so that was what he was talking to me about. And the last thing he wrote to me the night before, um, New Year's Eve day, he said, we should F to something about dealing with our, our frustrations because he knew I was feeling bad about this other man. I had shared with him that I kind of got ghosted and I said, well, shockingly enough, I got, cause he shared a lot with me. Um, he called me, that's right. We had a phone conversation and he told me all about this girl that kind of broke his heart. And so he was really opening up to me. Like he talked, we talked for like 40 minutes. And so, and I, yeah, I told him about the HIV the next day after he, you know, we'd had that conversation. He saw the pictures and all that. So I say to him, you know, what are you doing for New Year's? And um, he took a little while to respond. And I was like, oh, God, he just changed his mind because the HIV, I'm sure. My God, of course. Um, And but no, that wasn't it. He wrote back and he said, you know, I would. He said, I'm already back up at the cabin. Um, I think I'm just going to lay low tonight. Wish you were up here, though, because the view is so beautiful right now with the sunset. And I'm thinking like. I know he lives in the mountains in the next town over from where I live. And I think in my mind, it's what could it be like maybe 20 minutes away at the most. And, um, and I said, are you like 15 minutes from me? Something like that. And he just said, uh, and he took a while to respond and he's like, um, yeah, no, it's further than that. It's, it's further than you think. And I'm just like, well, just send me the address on, on MapQuest and I'll just, you know, do it on there and I'll find it. And he didn't write back. And then he wrote back finally. And he's like, okay, why don't I meet you down in Aptos village and which is basically, you know, down on the flatland. And, um, and he goes, and you can follow me up to the cabin and, um, and we'll go from there. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, he goes, I'm going to leave here really soon. Um, and then we'll connect when we're down there. So, um, I, he tells me he's at the store called new leaf, which is kind of like a hippy dippy store. It's expensive. And, um, I'm, you know, he says, where are you, where are you at? And I said, I'm in the parking lot. Where are you? And he didn't write anything. And like, literally like over 10 minutes goes by and I'm like, okay, I know he's in there. Maybe he's waiting for me to come in. I don't know. Um, so I, um, go to go into the store and then, then he comes right out and I see him and he's got like, like I said, remember the blonde hair, he's got it tucked behind his ears. I think he had a hat on too, a baseball hat, you know, did he, I don't, maybe he didn't, but the hair's tucked behind the ears and he's got a bit of a beard. The beard's kind of like light, light brown maybe cause he's blonde. So it's not super blonde or anything. Um, 
Uh, yeah, so cute. Like, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> oh my God, are you kidding me? So cute. And um, he's got this big smile, and he comes up to me, and he's like, hey, nice to meet you. And he gives me a hug. He goes, you know, if you want, you can you just follow my trucks over here. I'm going to get in there. And he's, like, apologizing for something about his truck. I'm like, I don't care. Like, whatever. Like, I can't believe, like, you're so cute. Like, what the? Jesus. Okay, I'm like, so lucky, right? So I start following him um, up, and we go for about five minutes up this road. And he, he pulls over, and I pull up next to him, and he said, you still good? I'm like, yeah. Like, I, and I did say to him in the parking lot, I said, you're not going to kill me, right? I mean, totally joking. And he says, you know, he goes, I, he goes, yeah, I don't have um, something about, I don't have the, the something to hide a body. I don't have the time to hide a body. I don't have um, the interest in hiding a body. I don't, I don't remember something to that effect, but it made us both laugh. And I just didn't get a creepy vibe from him at all. I felt like he was um, a really genuine person and he seemed really sweet, but you of course never know. And this probably was not one of my smartest moves, but in my mind, I'm like YOLO and it's New Year's Eve. I have no other plans. This guy's so cute. Um, I'm going like, that's it. I'm going. And, um, you know, I have a phone, everyone can contact me, you know? And so we're, you know, I'm, if my kids need me or whatever, my daughters were both in separate locations. Owen was home and, um, but I was, you know, um, reachable for sure. So we go up another like five minutes of windy roads. It's all redwoods. We're getting higher and higher. And then he pulls over again to show me the view of this point we're at where you can see um, Monterey all the way to Santa Cruz. And he said, you know, if you look over there and the sun had completely set at this point, it was all twinkly lights. And he's like, this is where you can see um, steamer lane and I can see the sets coming in. And I'm like, this is so beautiful. Like, I mean, thoughtful, right? To pull over and show me that view. I thought that was really a nice touch. So I'm already getting a super good vibe from the guy. And, um, and you know, he's still concerned, like, are you sure you still want to keep following me? And I'm like, yeah, like, let's, let's see what this cabin is that you've moved into. Cause he had just moved from living in someone's garage in Los Gatos. I know, um, to this cabin, um, that he said he didn't own. And, you know, the Aptos it's, what is the name of the area? It's called, um, I just say Aptos Hills. Oh, um, Happy Valley, Larkin Valley. No, Day Valley. It's called Day Valley. Um, so anyways, we keep going up, we're going up more and it's windy. And he said about another 10 minutes. I'm like, Jesus, like, I'm like, and the thought in my head was, am I going to be able to breathe when I get up there? I don't know why, like, is, am I going to be so high up on this mountain that I won't be able to get air? Um, but anyway, so we get up to his area and he says, okay, so what you're going to have to do is you're gonna have to pull over. There's going to be like a little bit of an outlet on the side of the road on this windy road. Um, not, there's no driveway or anything. And he said, so you're going to pull over in that outlet to the right of the road. I'm going to pull my truck over to the left and then you'll get out and we'll go up together. I'm like, okay. So that happens. I pull my car over. He pulls his truck over and we're walking up this mud road and we get into a four wheeler. I don't know what you call these things, but I had like the oh shit handlebars in front of me and he's got it in like low gear and he's going up a hill. I mean, it's pitch blackout. So I'm using my light on my phone and he's got a bag by the way. He bought, um, so sweet champagne and orange juice and like some, uh, like something from their salad bar. It was like noodles and chicken. We ended up eating that eventually. But anyways, so he's, he's like in low gear and I, we're in this like four wheeler, you know, there's four seats 
I cannot, I want to, I don't know what to call this thing, but it's, um, the only way to get up to this cabin. You can, there's, you cannot drive a car up there because of the, the, there's no road. It's just a mud hill. So we go up, I don't know. I mean, we're going by a bunch of stuff that looks like it's totally abandoned, like a lot of garbage. Um, and definitely like, um, a garden that had been abandoned, a greenhouse that had been abandoned. And then I see up ahead, there's a, there's a cabin for sure. It's about as big as a tree house. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like it's, it's small, but it's got a little porch around it. Okay. <laughs> so we get off, we get off the uh, motorcycle car thing and I've got my purse slung over my shoulder. Like I, <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. Um, and of course, he's still very impressed that I've decided to go even this far. But I go, um, we go onto the porch and he wants to show me where the outhouse is. It's like down this trail. And by the way, I'm still using my phone light to follow him. It looks like we're walking right into the forest and there's a, there's some old outhouse down there with a disgusting old toilet. And I'm like, yeah, I, I won't be going and using that at all. And I'm like, okay, so you don't have plumbing. Um, but I kept thinking, well, when we go in the cabin, at least it'll be warm in there, right? So we're on his porch and I'm like, I've got a ski coat on, so I'm kind of prepared, but I've got my black Converse on. These shoes have zero insulation. Like your feet are going to freeze in them. Um, and it was cold. It was definitely in the, I don't even know, low fifties, high forties at this point, the sun had gone down and he was kind of showing me around. He was showing me where he cooks, which is outside on the porch. There's no kitchen inside. Nope. Um, it's on the porch. And I mean, this is straight up camping. This is camping. And so we're on the porch and he pulls out a rifle. <laughs> I kid you not. Pulls out a rifle and pulls out a little tin of pellets. And he says it's, it's a pellet gun. It's not a rifle, but it's a pellet gun. So he loads one in and he shows me like how you set, he does it himself first. Like he's showing me, he's trying to hit this one shot and, um, he, I don't know, he didn't make it. And then he hands the gun over to me and says, you know, try to hit the target. I'm trying to, I don't even know how to hold this damn thing. He's trying to show me how to put my cheek against the side of it. You got to turn your body and look down the, the, I don't know, the sights or whatever. I don't know. And I shot it. I was afraid there was going to be this huge kickback, but there wasn't. But I'm like, what am I doing right now? Like, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm on this guy's little mini porch of this cabin in the woods in the middle of nowhere shooting a gun right now. Like, this is so crazy, but kind of perfect and, you know, really better than anything I would have been doing if I was sitting at home. And I do love to have, like, memories that are fun. And this is obviously killing it already, like, as far as the memory um, level goes. So, um, anyways, I'm thinking, okay, as soon as we get inside the cabin, it's going to be so warm and toasty. <laughs> Um, no. So the cabin is the same temperature inside as it is outside for two reasons, because there is no heating. And, uh, number two, because there's a broken window on the door that just has like a piece of, um, drape in front of it, because I guess a bat was in there the other night and, um, he was trying to keep any kind of like animals out. And then there was, there was also a broken something else. There was two areas where the, the air was just, you know, readily coming in, like no problem. So it was freezing inside. So we sat on the couch and I'm like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like thinking, and it, really, honestly, at this point, I don't know what his intentions are. We might just have 
you know, talk about shotguns and, you know, living in the forest. I really have no idea because he hasn't been flirtatious at all. He's been really nice, but I don't really know. Like, I always think, well, I'm so much older. Maybe the HIV thing, he's going to be like, yeah, I'm not, you know, not going to be, we're not going there tonight. So um, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, I had brought a little tiny, Joey gave me like this little case with like five little tiny wines in it, the little plastic bottles. So I brought two of those. That's what I was going to drink. How classy. Um, But he got champagne, which was so cute. And it was that I don't know how to pronounce it, Prosecchio, I think that's something like that, which I think is pretty good champagne, like right on for him, like total brownie points. And he got like a, a like a tiny orange juice, which was kind of cute. And then he, he put those, he put the champagne and the orange juice mixed in the jelly jars, which I thought was so appropriate in a cabin. Like how cute is that? Like, again, super fun. We clink and say cheers. And then we decide to share, um, oh wait, but before that happened, <laughs> Before that happened, as we're sitting there, he says, do you want to do shrooms? And I said, oh, I don't know. No, I would. I don't No, I don't do. I don't do drugs. I'm like, no, I don't not. That's OK. And he brings over this um, bin like a tub full of all these glass jars, you know, the kind that you seal shut with the metal clip um, with mushrooms in every single one of them. I mean, there must have been 20 of them at least and um 20 jars and then he's obviously an expert on them because he's opening each of them up and letting me smell them and he's like this one smells like maple syrup sure enough those mushrooms smelled like maple syrup and i'm like wow that's actually smell good and so i'm like this is i have never ever been around well i've been around mushrooms obviously they grow outside but i've never been around these kind of mushrooms like dried out meant for some kind of like psychedelic experience right um and so i'm like you know smelling each one some smell a little um i don't know woodsy you know but the 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 maple syrup one really blew my mind i was like wow that actually smells really good and you know in each jar he's got like a preservative bag to make them last for a long time um but he just said i i so i inquired i'm like okay so he he pulls out these skinny stemmed ones and he says, you know, these are really mellow. And he goes, you know, you could just do one. I could do the rest. Like there was like four more that he could do. And, um, I promise you it's like, it will go away. It's really mellow. These are natural. Nothing's going to happen to you. Nothing bad. I promise. Um, but you know, you don't have to, like, it's totally up to you. Oh yeah. (laughs) So Maybe I'm not sure if that happened before or after now, but God, he got me somewhere in between showing me the mushrooms where he had, he, he doesn't really smoke a lot of pot, but he had, he had, uh, inhaled some pot and he tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and all of a sudden he put his mouth on mine and he was trying to get me to inhale the smoke. And I was like, <laughs> like I'm in seventh grade. And I was like, oh, wow. Like that was sort of a surprise. I think before that also there was a, a, a second of a hand on my leg and a squeeze, you know, when we were laughing about something. And I was like, oh, that's a good sign. Um, but then there was the tap on the shoulder and I turned around and there was the kiss with the smoke. And I was like, well, wow. Hi. <laughs> okay. Um, this is fun. And so that. I think that really warmed me up to the idea of maybe doing this mushroom thing. But honestly, it was, I was really not going to do it. I really wasn't. And then I think I wrote to one of my daughters, I think it was Joey. And I said, 
And of course, at this point, I think she had already been drinking. And I said, I think I'm going to do shrooms. You know, like, I, it's like I needed their support or something. My daughters are amazing. They're very grown up. And we have that kind of relationship. It's like I kind of needed to hold their hand through the phone. And um, I I don't remember if it was Joey or Ryan, but they're like, do it. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. So, um, and my daughter, Joey, has been around enough um, drugs through friends. I don't mean like she's not a drug addict, just so you know, but there is a lot of experimentation, um, you know, with teenagers. And so, um, she, you know, I think she would have warned me and I wasn't honestly that worried. He was like, really, this is like very mellow. And, you know, like I said, he goes, I'll do all of these. You just do the one. I'm like, okay. So I'm, and he goes, do you want anything to drink with it? Or did you want, I don't remember. He was like offering something to eat with it. Cause he said it might get really, um, might not taste good. And I took one bite and I was like, that's like nothing. Like that's easy. So chewed up that little bit of stem and swallowed it. And then it did have a little bit of a cap on it. So I ate that too. I don't remember that being difficult in any way. And then we shared the pasta and the chicken and I did eat chicken because I'm like, when in Rome, I'm going to, I was starving. So we shared food out of a little, you know, Chinese food box. It was really fun. And it was kind of like we were giggling and stuff and drinking the champagne and the orange juice. And, um, I'm just thinking, okay, like, um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to make out with this guy. Like, I mean, why not? Right. It's freezing too. So he's got a bed, but it's in a loft. You have to climb up this like, um, bamboo, uh, kind of a slippery ladder. That's just leaning up against this loft up there. And up there is uh, like, I don't know, probably a, not a queen bed, a, um, double. And, um, that's it. And then a surfboard to the side that's sort of like a table. And the only lighting he had at that point was candles. And But he did turn on a propane heater for a little bit. That did take some of the um, cold out of the air, but it was still pretty freaking cold in there. So the my point was, is like, let's just get in your bed and like be next to each other because like, let's get warmer. It's like, we're camping. Like this is freaking cold. And so at that point, a half an hour had gone by and I didn't realize that the mushrooms had already taken effect because I wasn't noticing anything really. And it was like my vision wasn't great because it was already dark. I was like going by candlelight. And um, so I was a little off that way. But I remember saying to him, I don't want to get into your bed with my jeans on. Like that's like yucky. I don't like that feeling anyway. So, and he's like, well, I I have sweats. If you want me to get you sweats, you know, you could put those. And I'm like, I don't want to freaking put your sweats on. Like, I want to get into your bed without my pants on basically, you know, with my underwear. But anyways, I just wanted to get into bed and like get warm next to like his body. Right. Because it was cold. And, um, so I just did that. I had a long sleeve shirt on and of course I still have my underwear on and, um, he got into bed and I don't remember, like it, we just embraced right away. And, um, we started kissing and it was immediate that I realized that the mushrooms had taken hold because all I could see was crazy Dr. Seuss images of like things growing off each other, like, and it looked like so many colors. And it's like when you push your fingers against your eyeballs for too long and you start seeing like things you'd see in a kaleidoscope, but it was more, um, it was just like, I don't know, more colorful. And I kept seeing, I couldn't think of the words at the time, but I told them I'm thinking, I was trying to think of the word gears, like I'm seeing gears. Anyways, we kiss. And I remember him say, slow down, slow down. And I was like, really? Like, am I kissing too fast? Like, I didn't even realize I was doing that. And he goes, no, just like, yeah, slow down. And oh, before that happened, he said, we both kind of stopped all of a sudden. We were kissing for a second. I don't even know how much time. And he said, we both said, I said, what the 
fuck was that? And he goes, he goes, oh my God, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And I'm like, like literally I want to know because we ate the same mushrooms. Did we see the same shit in our brain? But it was crazy because that's when all of that hit me, but apparently it hit him too. And so I'm like, whoa. And he said, if at any moment you feel like it's too much, just open your eyes and it will go away. And I'm like, okay, because yeah, you do get that. Like, this is insane. Like what I'm seeing in my head. And so, um, like I said, lots of colors. I thought I saw gears like connecting and turning like wheels, like a ton, millions of them, you know? And, um, the word cog came to my head cogs. I'm like, I can't even believe I came up with that word, but that came into my head. Um, but what ensued after that was, I don't even know, I think hours of, um, the most incredible kissing I have ever had in my entire life. I think we ate each other's faces off. I mean, we were like rubbing our teeth together. I, I don't, I mean, I have never experienced this. I've never done ecstasy. I don't know what that feels like, but I would assume that this had to be somewhat similar. Um, I was so into him. I mean, oh my God, grabbing his hair and touching his face and drawing on his nose and his eyebrows and kissing him so deep and long and slow. And it was, and him back. And I wanted to give him as much of me as I could, as he was giving me back. I mean, it was beautiful. It was unbelievable. Like, I think I'm actually satisfied for the rest of my life. I don't think I have to kiss anybody ever again. It was that amazing. And, um, of course this led to more. And, um, and it, I even told him, I said, I, I, the okay. <laughs> um, I said, I don't even know what's going on down there. I feel like I'm completely detached from that part of my body. Cause I'm like, I'm so like, so focused on like our heads, you know, kissing and the hair and, and all that. At one point, my necklace got in the way of our mouths and he said, no, leave it, leave it. Like, so we're kissing with my necklace in the way. I mean, oh my God, unbelievable, like mind blowing kissing. Like we said, it was face fucking or basically our, our mouths were having sex, honestly. Um, my God, it was so passionate. It was crazy. Uh, like, yeah. And, and our hands, you know, always clasping each other's hands, like nothing felt, um, awkward or like anything. Like it was like, I, I mean, it's so weird. I even told him later, I said, it wouldn't have felt weird to even tell you that I was falling in love with you in that moment. Cause it was so intense and so beautiful and so amazing. It really was. And, um, so yeah, it went on for hours. It really did. I think it was hours. And, um, we, I mean, I'll be honest, we did, um, take it obviously to that next level. Um, you know, he was on that, so I don't know, things weren't working so perfectly for him, obviously. Um, we just did the best we could. I mean, it, there was no finality to that or, you know, if you know what I mean. Um, so he didn't, yeah, he didn't <laughs> get to do that part, which is, you know, whatever. It didn't even matter. I didn't care whether we did or not. It, to me, I was so like, numb in a way it didn't like matter, you know, I don't know. So, um, yeah. And at some point, I mean, I FaceTimed both my daughters as we were 
laying in his bed. They couldn't see us because it was so dark, but my Joey was hysterical. I mean, she was two sheets to the wind. She is 21 and it was New Year's Eve and she was safe at a friend's house. She got a ride home, but she was so funny knowing what I was doing that night. And she's just basically making fun of me and laughing. And she, he was cracking up because my daughter is really, really funny. She was making lots of sexual gestures with her hand and the her tongue poking through her cheek, if you know what I mean. And she just kind of kept doing that and just staring into her phone, doing that like dead face, like not, not even laughing. She just kept doing that. It was so funny. And then Ryan was like at her girlfriend's house in Monterey and she's making lots of comments like, mom, are you getting lots of D? You know, like she's, my daughters are awesome and they love me and they just want me to be happy. So it's kind of a really crazy place to be with my kids that they are so supportive of whatever I do. And, you know, they want me to have fun. They were happy, you know, and he was, he loved it. It was great because he got to see how awesome my kids are too. So, um, but yeah, he was like, I haven't laughed that hard because of the way Joey was being in the FaceTime. He's like, I haven't laughed that hard in so long. Like he said, I'm like crying right now. I mean, we really, it was so funny. Okay. So he really wanted me to spend the night, but I got this all of a sudden as I think it took probably five hours or so. I don't know. It was around one in the morning and I, um, of course I got to kiss him on, you know, after midnight, that was nice. Um, and oh, and I had to pee at one point, I had to go out of the cabin naked and squat somewhere on his gravel to the side of the, I mean, it was 40 degrees out and I'm butt naked and I'm squatting on the gravel. And I think I probably even, I tried so hard not to get it on my feet, but, um, oh my God, not easy. Um, I had to pee there twice and both times were butt naked outside. He's just peeing off the deck cause he's a guy, but I am like trying to figure out how to do it, you know, and not be, um, you know, it was cold and it was wet on that gravel driveway, whatever it wasn't, it wasn't even a driveway. It was hardly a driveway, but anyways, he's trying to convince me to stay. And I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I just, I can't. Cause he really wanted to take me for a hike in the morning. He said how beautiful it was. And you know, it's like a totally different place in the daytime. And I do believe that, but I was feeling really, um, weirded out at this point, not by him at all, but just by being so far away from home and being so in such a desolate place, it was spooking me. And I think the, um, like the mushrooms had worn off, but I was feeling like I just, I just had to get home. Like I couldn't, I needed to get home. Like I was like, I was feeling super homesick and, um, I knew Owen was fine, but I just wanted to get back to him. I just, it was just, you know, it's a mom's, I don't know, it's this urge and I need to be by my animals. I need to be in my bed, all of that. So it's like, it's, it's just a super strong feeling. Like there's no way I could have stayed. If I had stayed, I wouldn't, wouldn't have slept. And, you know, there's a whole thing about in the morning, like, um, yeah, well, if I don't feel so great, you know, or anything, like if I have to go to the bathroom, like what, how's that going to be? You know, it's like fun. Um, so anyways, he was concerned about me getting out of there. He was afraid that I wouldn't know the lefts and the rights, um, as I went down the hill. Cause there are some places where you have to turn left and right. And he thought going down is going to be really different than coming up. And you might not remember, he was really concerned about me getting home. Okay. And, um, so anyways, I said, I, I have to, I have to. And so we go to this, you know, vehicle again, and it, he starts to back down the hill. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm thinking we're going to tip over backwards. And then he turns it around and we go down and the thing runs out of gas. So I'm like, Oh my God. So we have to get out and walk. It wasn't too far, but there's literally like this driveway, muddy road, whatever it is, is so saturated with water from 
the day's rain, I think either earlier that day or the day before, that there's water running through this road. I mean, like I'm stepping away from little areas where I don't want to step in running water. I mean, it was crazy. So I, I get down to my car and I'm just like, oh, thank God. Once I get in my car, I know everything's going to be okay. I can turn the heater on. I know how to get home. I was pretty sure I wouldn't have any trouble. And um, and yeah, so I I did get out of there with no trouble. He was very impressed that I, you know, I kept him updated and I left him a nice voicemail and said, thank you so much. Like that was super nice. And he said, you know, you're welcome back anytime. And he was really nice. And um, what was I going to say? Um, I got, yeah, I got home and I went to bed. Okay. So how much did I drink? Probably, um, a half a cup of champagne. That was it. And orange juice. I had a little bit of my wine, like a sip or two. That was it. I barely had any alcohol and the pot I didn't inhale. So all I had was that mushroom. That was it. I had the worst hangover the next day. Like I couldn't sleep. I slept five hours. I slept from two thirty in the morning till seven thirty, and then I was up, and I didn't feel good. And I had to use the restroom. Thank God I was home because I nothing was feeling right. And um, but it was a it was exactly what a hangover feels like. But I had not any alcohol really to create any kind of like anything. Like it was definitely from the mushrooms. So I looked it up. I'm like, what is the deal with mushrooms and hangovers? And sure enough, there can be, I felt like my face felt a little, like I had a reaction to it. It felt a little spotted. I mean, I know I have freckles, but I felt like it looked a little puffy. Like I looked rough when I came home. I mean, well, we had been kissing for hours. So, I mean, that was probably part of it, but I looked super rough. I looked in the mirror. I'm like, holy crap. Is this what he saw? Oh my God. Thank God it was by candlelight. But I thought I looked like total dog shit when I got home. Um, and anyway, um, oh, I'm, you know what? I'm going to play a message. Hmm. I'm going to play a message because I don't think he'll ever listen to this. Plus nobody would ever know. This is, oh, I want you guys to hear his voice. <gasps> Do I still have it? Um, hmm. Yes, here it is. And he was keeping all of my voice messages too. I could see that. Okay, hold on. Hi. Um, I've never sent a voice recording thing before, but um, thought I'd give it a try. I can't believe you made it back like so quickly and and uh yeah flawlessly awesome congratulations and you pass people too that's never fun but good job yeah walking back up to the cabin i got really spooked i felt like something was like following me but it was all around me it wasn't like coming from one direction it was like a fucking crazy energy like descended on me i got really fucking scared i felt really vulnerable um and then i got back up here and then yeah i just started like firing shots off at that little target i still can't hit it i don't know what's up i gotta dial in the sights but uh yeah what an amazing night the kissing like you said it was it was incredible i've never experienced anything like that ever and yeah you just yeah, you made me feel really good. <laughs> you really said a lot of really cool things, and I know they're from the heart. And I really needed that. You know, I really appreciate I it. it <laughs> more than more than I could say, really. And it was a pleasure having you up here. And I know it, it is weird, kind of being this far away. 
and when you think about it, it, it does kind of get to you. But it's it's different in the day. It's a totally different feel. But uh, yeah, you're welcome back anytime. Um, and yeah, I'm glad you. I'm glad you had. Oh, sorry, I'm glad you had fun. I had a great time. Um, it still smells like you in here. <laughs> it smells good. Um, and yeah, try safe. Happy New Year's. How sweet is that? I forgot I had that. So cool. Um, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, I get home and I've got the hangover the whole, like I had to nurse that thing. I had to sleep again, like later in the day because I just couldn't get over it. I just felt like total crap. Um, but what I did is that night is I watched um, Fantastic Fungi because he had recommended that. And of course, after I'd experienced this hallucinogenic property of the mushrooms or whatever happened, um, I wanted to know more about it. And um, what I learned actually from Fantastic Fungi, which is on Netflix, and I do highly recommend it. I found it really fascinating um, because mushrooms have been, obviously, they've been on Earth since before any of us were here. And it's very interesting to hear about mushrooms. And what I found most interesting, one, one thing was how they all run underneath the forest bed and they're all connected and uh, the cilia I think they call it oh god what's it called Mike oh god I can't remember but if you've seen the it's the it's the word for all the little tendrils that come off of mushrooms and when it grows under now underground and I, I can't I don't feel like looking it up right now but anyways um I found that really fascinating that it's like there's so much fungus and mushroom and it's what happens when things die is it the fungus comes up and eats the, the decay basically and so you know mushrooms have been here since the beginning basically and fungus and all that and there's you know people that are fanatics about mushrooms and there are people that are you know look very much like my mom <laughs> who are totally into mushrooms and they're fascinated by um, the medical medicinal properties of them and stuff like one thing they talked about is that you know that we put people on pharmaceuticals for depression where they have to take these pills every single day where there's certain mushrooms that if you eat just a few times, take them, it can pretty much cure depression. I mean, is this really true? I don't know. But they, they talked about that in, in this fantastic, you'd have to watch it because it is pretty convincing. And sure, why not? Why wouldn't we be healed by things that are on the earth? We came from the earth. I mean, so do mushrooms. So sure, there's probably... I, I never really used to believe that. I used to think it had to come from like pharmaceuticals, like only, but no, why wouldn't, of course it could come from nature. So it was a really great documentary to watch after having done mushrooms. And um, would I do it again? I'd have to be at home. My kids could not be here. I'd have to be like in that, you know, the safe place of my home. Um, and it would have to be with him, I think. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like that, to me, that experience was pretty much uh, very unique, and I don't want to try to replicate it. I think it's just it's a one and done. I think um, we've we had a little bit of chit chat that just sort of faded out after a couple days, a few days or so. Um, he said something to me yesterday. I said hi. I said something back, and then that was the end of that. Really, um, there really hasn't been any more communication, which is fine. You know, whatever. I mean, he's young and he's got his life and you know, it is what it is. And that's kind of how it is on dating apps. You know, I, it seems to be, I think when a second date happens, then there's that, unless there's enough time in between the dates, then 
you know, either party could be like stressed out that this is turning into something when they didn't want it to turn into anything. So it does, you know, the space in between makes sense or never seeing somebody again makes sense. Um, I see that. And you know, with dating apps, it's like, there's always, um, there's always somebody else. It's like, there really is. And I, I don't know how that will, um, it's not going to change. Like this is how it is today. There's dating apps and there's so many options. I mean, I'm matched with 35 people right now. Like I said, I'm, I, I won't definitely will not meet 35 people, but there's just a lot of people that you could start a conversation with and see where it goes. And it's like, this just isn't normal for, for what we used to have really. I mean, we used to have to just meet people wherever we could, but you know that whatever I'm seeing on my end, they obviously, if they're attractive, they're probably got a bunch of matches too, and they can just go talk to somebody else that's new and bark up that tree for a while. So, um, oh, my battery is running very low. Darn it. Hold on. Okay. In the nick of time, um, I got my computer's, uh, plug in. I had to go downstairs and get it. Anyways. Um, yeah, with dating apps, I just think that it's, I don't want a relationship, at, you know, with anyone. It's fun to meet people and I guess have fun here and there. So it's working for me in that way. But you know, sometimes when there's a connection, you know, you sort of want to see somebody again. Um, but then again, I wouldn't want anybody like bothering me, you know, and barking up my tree too much. Cause I've got my life too. So it, I don't know. It seems to work fine for me, honestly, for what I would like right now. I don't want the stress of somebody needing me. I already have three kids that need me. So, so it's, it's totally fine. Um, I should have prefaced this at the very beginning. I don't know if I did or not, but yeah, if I'm not, I, I'm a 51 year old woman and I am, you know, not needing advice from anybody. Um, and I don't need any negative comments either. So just know that the decisions that I made that night were made with what everything that I know in my life's experience was put into that moment of deciding to take a drug and go up to this person's house that I didn't know. So um, I really did have a good sense of him. I really did. And otherwise I wouldn't have gone. There was nothing creepy about him at all. That doesn't mean that he couldn't have been dangerous. I understand. I don't recommend, um, you know, <laughs> doing what I did by any means, but I guess I was looking for some fun on New Year's Eve and he definitely came through. He delivered, no doubt. So, um, yeah, so that's it. That was my crazy New Year's Eve night and um, I'm not taking it back and I don't regret it for a second. I had a blast and um, <laughs> and that's that. So um, we'll see how 2022 pans out. Um, it started off with a mushroom hangover <laughs> and I'm really good with things being just super chill and calm for a while and not meeting anyone for a while. So I filled you guys in on my, um, my meetups and, um, I might've left somebody out, <laughs> like not going to get into everything. So you heard the uh, majority of it. So that was it. Um, yeah, I hope that was entertaining for, um, a story for you guys. I wanted to give you something interesting. I, you know, I wanted to talk about the fact that prep also is available now as an injection. I meant to say that in the beginning. Um, and it's good for two months at a time. So this is really, really great news for, 
um, people that are on prep and it's, you know, indicated typically for men who have sex with men. So yeah, go get your injection. And, uh, what else? I think that was all. I, I might've had some other HIV news, but can't remember off the top of my head. All right. It is now 1230 in the morning and I need to go to bed because tomorrow night I need to get up early to go to back to work and I don't want to, but I'm going to have to. So I'm going to have to go to bed really early tomorrow. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to my crazy life. And, um, thank you for not judging me. Thank you. And, um, hugs and kisses to all of you. Happy 2022.